Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. We've been so lucky the last two weeks. We've been able to talk about UWL sports, basketball, wrestling, football. We've been able to talk about Central Basketball and Onalaska and all the great stuff going over, uh, going on in the Cooley region and in the lacrosse area. Today, though, we kind of got a shift because there's some news, there's some headlines all the way on the other side of the state over in Milwaukee with a couple of teams, with multiple teams going on. And I guess it, it still counts. It is still the Wisco Sports Show or staying in the borders. Thanks for tuning in and listening to WKTY. I hope you are. Uh, I'm not going to talk at length about the snow. But drive safe. Just go slow. And then even if you slide, even if you lose control, you're just, you're just going to bump into somebody else. Just drive slow. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, we do have a winter weather advisory in effect. And it looked pretty outside. I'm, I'm, I'm actually digging the snow. So I'm enjoying myself today. Hope you are as well. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. We do have some headlines from the other side of the state, like I said, both, both with the Brewers. And we'll get to that here in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so. But I want to start with the Bucks because what's so impressive about the Bucks and, and the headline or the news with the Bucks is that there is no news. There are no headlines. This team just keeps, well, they just keep beating everyone's ass. If I, if I can say that, that's what they're doing. They won five in a row by double digits, all of them. And they just keep churning along. And they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They, they haven't had a letdown against any of these great teams. You look at the, the, the games of Toronto, Boston, Philly, Golden State. Even though they have lost some of those matchups, they have never been blown out. This team always looks ready to compete when they come out on the floor. And it's, it seems appropriate. A year ago today, the Bucks fired Jason Kidd. It's almost like a holiday. Uh, the, 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 the Bucks fired Jason Kidd a year ago. It is a day that I will remember. It's one of the happiest times of my life. When the, when the Bucks fired Jason Kidd. And just to see the strides and the differences in this team now compared to a year ago is just, it's eye-opening and it's crazy to think. The Bucks sit at 34-12 and 12 right now. They beat the Mavericks yesterday afternoon, and you heard that game here on WK2I. We touched on it briefly yesterday on the Wisco Sports Show, but we didn't get into it in detail. And I'm, I'm not going to get into yesterday's game in detail a ton. I don't think there's a whole lot of a, a, a point there. There's 82 regular season games. The, the Mavericks aren't really a contending team. They're not a team in the Bucks conference, let alone in their division or anything like that. But it's more big picture, right? They're 34-12. and 12. Think about that. They're 16 games away from winning 50 games, which is a, a monumental accomplishment. And they have 16 home games left. 16 home games left, 20 road games left. 34-12. and 12. It's pretty crazy to think that there are years where the Milwaukee Bucks, even in recent history, would be lucky to win 34 games. And here we are thinking, talking about 50 games as basically the floor from here on out for this Bucks team, and that is just absurd. Uh, and I, I bet you're excited about it as well. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. Like I said, I don't want to get into the game specifically yesterday, but we're at a spot right now in the NBA season. I don't want to say you start to separate the contenders from the pretenders, the men from the boys, right? And any team can have a good two or three week stretch. Who is around for the long haul and who is actually not only vying for a playoff spot because there are 16 teams that get into the playoffs. Let's not act like making it to the playoffs in and of itself is some monumental accomplishment. But who are the contending teams? Because every year you look at the NBA playoff picture and you think, okay, there's three or four teams in the West that got a legit shot. A couple of teams in the East that have a legit shot to actually make the finals. And that the, the Bucks are right in the middle of that group, if not leading that group in the Eastern Conference right now, and we've reached the point in the NBA season where that separation starts to occur, and it's really going to occur 
here in about two weeks when the trade deadline rolls around. I love the NBA trade deadline. So much drama, so much speculation. And a lot of times, it doesn't really pan out. Last year, it was wildly entertaining. I might have to skip class, to be completely honest. And we are really going to figure out for sure here in about two and a half weeks what teams are saying, yeah, we're going for it. And what teams are saying, we want to build for the future. Let's maybe trade away some some bigger, older contracts and, and older, more veteran players and start to stock up on picks, younger prospects, stuff like that. That separation is already now beginning because you you see teams that are starting to not play their older players, play their youth, and, and not necessarily trying to lose games, but they're not really trying to win them either. So you have teams that are tanking for draft picks, teams that are about to trade away talent and about to trade away good players at the trade deadline to build towards the future. And then we're kind of at this turning point. We're about to turn this corner in the NBA season. And the Bucs find themselves leading this group of contending teams out of the East between uh, the Bucs, of course, and then the Raptors and the Sixers and the Celtics. Indiana's a, a good team. They're up there. I don't know if I include them in that group. The Heat are a good team. Teams like that. Brooklyn's been entertaining as well, but I think it's the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers, and the Raptors in the East right now. We'll see if one of those other teams, like an Indiana or like a Miami, tries to pull off a blockbuster trade here in about two and a half weeks. But as of right now, the Bucks find themselves cemented in that contending group in the Eastern Conference. And what's funny is I don't know if there's a move out there to make for the Bucks. And, and I, we kind of go back to this question we ask about the Milwaukee Brewers, right? Because with the Brewers, the conversation is always build it up, build it up, build it up. And then when you think you're ready, when you think you're a player or two away, you push all your chips to the middle of the table. You mortgage the future, right? You hand out that big contract. You trade away those draft picks for maybe even players that are a rental and you try to win it now. I don't know if that's the approach for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. And and I've said in the past, I don't know if that's the approach the Brewers are going to take. I think that's conventional wisdom. I don't know if David Stearns is going to follow conventional wisdom, but I don't know if the Bucks that they have the one concern I have about the Bucks is they have obviously a top five, uh, top seven at least undisputed player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo. I would put him in the top five, especially given his age. But a frontline, headline, marquee superstar, and then you have everyone else. And that's not to knock on Chris Middleton. That's not to knock on Eric Bledsoe or Malcolm Brogdon. But there is not that bona fide number two. Some nights it's Bledsoe. Some nights it's Middleton. Some nights it's Brogdon. Heck. DJ Wilson has had nights. Brooke Lopez has had nights. But there is not that number two guy. And sometimes that's okay. You don't want to have to rely on one or two guys to do everything. You're obviously going to have your best player. That's Giannis. But sometimes versatility is good. You want a guy in Eric Bledsoe and in Chris Middleton and in Malcolm Brogdon who can all step out on any given night. But at the same time, you also want that second star. Because now the standard for teams who are winning championships are you have two superstars or three, or four, or five in the case of Golden State. And I just, I, I don't know. The Bucks are a great team. They're incredibly well coached. They're deep at every position. But at the top, are they are they star-powered enough outside of Giannis to make a run in the, in the postseason? Now, you could say the same thing about the Raptors, in my opinion. They have one bona fide star in Kawhi Leonard. You might even be able to say that about the Celtics. Actually, I think it's a pretty good point. They have one bona fide superstar in Kyrie Irving, and then they have a bunch of other guys who are all in different positions, right? Gordon Hayward is coming off an injury. He's trying to figure things out. Jason Tatum, we all thought, was going to be this superstar, and his second year hasn't as gone as well as his first. Jalen Brown's a nice player, but he's not the level of Kyrie. I actually think the Celtics and the Bucks are very similar, and the Raptors, for that matter. They're all very deep. But they all only have that one marquee star. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Do the Bucks try to package some of that depth to try to get a, a second star? I don't know. And I don't know if that would be the right move. I'm not sure. 
And it's something we're going to have to continue to talk about the next two weeks as rumors swirl like this team is making this player available. And then, of course, you ask the question, should the Bucks do this? What would it take for the Bucks to get this player? And so on and so forth. And that's the nature of the NBA, especially around the trade deadline. It's all speculation. It's all rumors swirling. And it's something that I'm really excited to watch unfold here in the next couple of weeks. But until then, and up until this point, the Bucks are just, they're just laying it down on teams. They've won five in a row by double digits. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go back and count because I, I, I'm bad with numbers. I'm, I'm not a math guy. I'm not going to say they've won 10 of 11 or 11 of 12, mostly because I, I always lose track counting. They've won five in a row. Before uh, their last loss to the Wizards, they had beaten the Rockets, beaten the Jazz, beaten the Hawks, beaten the Pistons, beaten the Nets. I mean, the losses are few and far between. And they are all the time stringing wins together. You have a four-game winning streak, a five, a six, a seven-game winning streak. And then, yeah, you have your your routine loss where maybe a player has a bad night. You're resting a player. Somebody's in foul trouble. But, but they are just playing really good basketball. And they're not having losing streaks where they cool off and they struggle for two or three or four games. And when they have a chance to play these teams for a second time who have beaten them, they blow them out. It's almost like they take it personal. They have these traits and these habits that you like to see in a contending team. But come playoff time, when they are matched up against the Torontos of the world and the Bostons and the Sixers of the world, is Giannis and then everyone else going to be enough? That's not a slight to their supporting cast. I just, I don't know if in the landscape of today's NBA, if one superstar, as great as he may be, is enough. Might get you through one playoff series or two, and let's face it, as Bucks fans, we would welcome that because we haven't seen that since 2001. But they sit at 34 and 12 right now. Our expectations are getting higher as every day passes. And I don't know if that one superstar is going to be enough. I just don't know. 608-796-2558. I do want to transition. I, I, when we started the show, I said we've talked UWL. We've talked Central. We've talked Onalaska, Aquinas. It's time to talk about something a little bit different and go back to the other side of the state. Still part of Wisconsin. Still falling in the Wisco Sports Show. The Brewers made news today. It is the hot stove league, but it was not a player acquisition or a trade or a free agent. It was something else, and, and Brewers fandom is not reacting well. And I'm going to be honest, because I'm a fan first, I follow into this poor reaction group and this uncomfortable reaction group. And if you've been on social media, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So the Brewers made a big announcement. I'll pass that news along for those who have not heard it. We'll have a little bit of a discussion as well, because I have some words for the Milwaukee Brewers Not that my words matter in this at all. I'll tell you more coming up next here in the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good night. Some news from Milwaukee. And that's what we're starting off the show with today. We talk UWL. We talk Central. We've been really blessed to be able to kind of keep it local here the last two weeks or so. Bucks winning again, and we're talking a little bit about would you change that roster? Would you take a different approach nearing the trade deadline? And now we got to talk Milwaukee Brewers. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line, is always open. Bob says, I would not touch that Bucks roster. They've played really well without Giannis on the courting games. Some Someone different steps up every night, and bench D is tough. Bob, and, and that's what we're saying. They're deep, and they have playmakers at just about every level. And they, they have youth on the bench. They have veterans on the bench. They're really deep. My concern isn't about their depth and not about their team, but when they get up against these really good teams who maybe bring a good game plan for Giannis, is Chris Middleton going to be enough? Is Eric Bledsoe going to be enough? Is playing a second superstar by committee going to be an approach that is enough? I have no question that this Bucks team is good. Uh, and naturally, this is what the trade deadline is for. I mean, it's to speculate wildly uh, about uh, about 
what the Bucks might do or what they should do here in the next couple of weeks. You can also join the show on Twitter, both at WKTY and at my account, Grant as well. I forgot to share, coming up here in about 10 or 12 minutes, we're going to talk to Bart Winkler from Milwaukee, uh, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, over in Milwaukee. And I want to talk to him about the Brewers, about the Bucks, uh, and about the Packers a little bit as well. The Brewers made news today, and I, I felt blindsided, I must admit. It wasn't a player acquisition. It wasn't a trade. It wasn't... Uh, like a Brewers on deck announcement. I know that's been making a lot of headlines as well. It was actually regarding the name of the ballpark. Uh, some announcements coming out today that no longer will Miller Coors, specifically Miller, get the naming rights to Miller Park. After 2020, it's going to American Family. Now, they held a press conference this afternoon. I watched it. It, w- it was really boring. I was going to be like, oh, I, we can share this with our listeners uh, and about what what their excitement is moving forward. And it was just thanking a bunch of people and and talking about really boring stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not going to play that with you. I will pass along some of the, the quotations that I thought were interesting because obviously the conversation flows pretty naturally to, well, what is it going to be named now? It's obviously not going to be Miller Park. Is it going to be American Family Park? What happens to Miller Park Way? All these things. I know. I, I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. I hated the name Pfizer Forum. I think I've just started to slowly accept it for no other reason than just I don't know. It's not changing back to the Bradley Center, so I guess we do actually have to refer to it as the Pfizer Forum. I, so it's not going to be Miller Park. The naming rights are going to reset at the end of this deal in 2020. And I, God, I hate this. I just, I don't like it. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. Miller Park, Miller Park just fits so well. Uh, we got a tweet at WKTY, and I'm going to have to censor it a little bit. Leah says, I hope they don't F it up. We are the Milwaukee Brewers in all caps, and the stadium name fits. No, I get it. Uh, Miller Park is about as Wisconsin and is about as Milwaukee as it comes. I mean, American Family is a Wisconsin company, too. Uh, both both companies are, are national on some level, but at least it's not Gruber Law Offices who is buying the naming rights or Hupy and Abraham, something like that. Uh, that's all I have to say. So yesterday, the naming rights, or this morning, I should say, the naming rights news broke just a little bit early thanks to, um, well, I think Miller actually leaked it uh, Tuesday morning and saying that the Brewers... Uh, were outbid by the insurance company, and I say Brewers by the Miller Coors Brewers, not the team, the Brewers, uh, were outbid by the insurance company who is, uh, American Family's been a sponsor of the Brewers for a long time. I mean, we all know that, uh, but obviously not at the level of Miller, which makes a lot more sense with the Brewers team, I consider. And this is uh, actually, you know what, as I read you these quotes, because it was Miller who actually announced it, I'm sad about this. It's an end of an era. Obviously, it's not happening for another year or two. I'm going to put some music on in the background as I read this to you. Hold on, this needs to be appropriate. All right. This is what Miller Coors had to say, by the way. American Family Insurance proactively pitched the Brewers an incredibly rich offer for the naming rights to Miller Park. And we're proud to welcome American Family to the family we've been part of for generations, Miller Coors said in a statement. And they continue. We were having active negotiations with the Brewers, said Cantor, who is a higher up at AmFam, or at Miller Coors, excuse me. And he indicated that the length of the commitment might have been an issue for Miller Coors. Quote, they found another partner that was ready and willing and able to agree with the time frame that they were looking at. Now, fear not. It sounds like Miller is still going to be the brewer's signature beer uh, at Miller Park. They continued to say, while the name on the stadium will change after the 2020 season, we fully expect Brewers fans inside and outside the stadium will continue to celebrate every home run and every strikeout with one of our beloved brands. Wouldn't you love that? Of course, no, no. Well, we hope fans are still going to drink our beer. Of course you do. <laughs> Jesus. So it's an end of an era. 
Miller Coors was releasing some of the details earlier, and I thought that the press conference was going to be interesting and we were going to get some some nuggets about what the future name for Miller Park actually might be, because that's, of course, what everyone wants to know. And they didn't really share anything along those lines. I was able to snag some some tidbits from, you know, the Journal Sentinel and from Adam McKelvey on Twitter as well. He actually got to talk to American Family CEO Jack Salzweddle, Salzweddle, something like that. Uh, he says, uh, kind of asking if there is a name, but we're just keeping it quiet, right? You guys agreed to a name and, and we've just decided, or they have decided rather, that nobody's going to share. We're just going to keep it quiet until then. And he said, no, it will probably be a year before we need to start thinking about what signs and branding will actually look like. So I, I don't know. But they, I mean, they probably have to get the domain names now if they're starting a website. So maybe that's how this will eventually get leaked. He continued to say, uh, oh, God, I hate this. Could the new stadium name be something shortened like AmFam Field? And this is what the uh, American Family CEO responded. He said, I don't think so. But I think it could end up being like the American Family Amphitheater. Everyone calling it the AmFam Amp. I think you could have something like that happen. I love that. I love this. It was like, well, maybe it could be called something like this. Yeah, that's that's not something you've been thinking about. Obviously, well, we could call it the AmFam Amp. Uh, just something that I thought of off the top of my head. I don't like that name. I've never heard a, a sporting event. It sounds like a Summerfest venue, right? The American Family Amphitheater. I know that is that actually that might be a venue at Summerfest, but I know they obviously have the sponsored theaters and the band shells and the amphitheaters. Park, field. I like that. I, I like the classic names. This is all happening too fast. It's the end of an era. It's kind of sad. I don't know. And then of course people want to know. Well, Miller Park Way is the name of the street that Miller Park is on. Do they change that? There's just a lot of things that obviously social media and fans are reacting to. The naming rights are going to reset in 2020, and Miller Park will have a new name. I was talking to uh, to Rick, somebody who works in our newsroom and over on WIZM, and he says, well, wouldn't it just be funny if American Family bought the naming rights and then just decided to keep calling it Miller Park just to appease fans? Maybe that would be a good piece of advertising, right? Fans, we know you love the name Miller Park, so we actually purchased the naming rights, and we're just gonna keep, we're just gonna keep it as Miller Park. I would buy insurance from a company that did that. That would be uh, that would be well, it'd be funny and it would be stupid, but it would be it would be good for us fans who don't want to have to call our stadium something new. And of course, they're probably gonna have to rebrand like the the M with the wheat under it out in center field and all of those things. Maybe they go back to the ball and glove. I would be okay with a rebranding and a rename if they went to that for their normal. Uh, their normal logo, right? I think that would be awesome. And let's all be honest here. Miller uh, Miller talked about, and I read this quote earlier, if, if you're just tuning in, that they said, um, while the name change on the stadium or the name on the stadium will change after the 2020 season, we fully expect Brewers fans inside and outside the stadium will continue to celebrate every home run and every strikeout with one of our beloved brands. No, okay. And maybe I'm alone here. Just uh, the people that I know and watch sports with, it, nobody likes Miller Lite. There's no way I'm going to Miller Park and and buying a, a can of Miller Lite as opposed to like a Liney's Light or a Summer Shandy or something like that. No one likes Miller Lite. It's just got a weird taste. And when we were watching Game 7 uh, against the Dodgers uh, with some buddies, we bought a case of Miller Lite just because we thought it would be good mojo. And we're like, well, we can't watch a Brewer game and hope for them to get to the World Series if we're not drinking Miller. And I hated it. No one likes Miller Lite. I'm not drinking your beer now that the... <laughs> Now that the stadium name is going to be changed. So that's something that we're going to continue to talk about and obviously wait for somebody to leak it because there's no way it makes it the next two years without figuring out what it's going to be called. I mean, somebody's going to snatch up a domain name. Something's going to happen. Something's going to get leaked. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow or I don't know if it'll be next year, but I cannot imagine that it will make it all the way to 2020 or 2021 the way that people are talking about it. And this is the way 
that I think sports is trending, especially in smaller markets, because I saw, um, I don't remember if it was Tom Hodricord who writes for the Journal Sentinel or, or other Milwaukee news personalities saying, well, if you want the Brewers to spend more money, then they're going to need to, you know, try to get income. And doing this is a great way. Renaming the stadium, rebranding is a great way to get more money. And I'm like, don't. Don't turn this around on us. Don't make this our fault. Just because I want the Brewers to sign big free agents and spend money on a good team doesn't mean that I am responsible for them changing the name. And then, of course, you start thinking about Camp Randall and you start thinking about Lambeau Field, these old venues, much older than Miller Park, more historical like Camp Randall and like Lambeau Field, who have never had that corporate sponsorship. Is it just a matter of time until Lambeau Field and until Mark Murphy and the Green Bay Packers pass along and make some money on naming that stadium. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to go there. God, I don't want to rename Lambeau Field too. Not, not in the near future. I can't handle more than one of these. 608-796-2558. TC says, whoa, whoa, White Lightning is a refreshing light beer. Hey, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you think so. Not my go-to. Miller Light is not my go-to. So now I won't feel guilty when I drink other beverages during brewer games. Tom says your car and life insurance, my dad, I should say, your car and life insurance is through AmFam as generally purchased by your loving parents. Hey, you know what? That's a good point. We do have AmFam insurance in my family. That doesn't mean we need to have a ballpark named after it. Come on. We don't buy Miller Lite. And when we do, it's not like we're patronizing the brewers. I don't know. Don't turn this around on me, dad. This is not, this is not my fault. This isn't our fault. I don't want Miller Park to go, uh, but it is going to be an end of an era down in Milwaukee. And speaking of Milwaukee, let's talk to somebody who's actually uh, a lot closer to the situation and having to deal with this uh, whole scenario a lot closer than we are. Bart Winkler from Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, down in Milwaukee. We're going to talk to him here in a couple of minutes about a bunch of things. It's been about a month and a half since we've talked here on the Wisco Sports Show. we got to talk about the Brewers' big news, obviously, in the Brewers' offseason. Because let's remember, the, the Packers' talk has been big. The Bucks talk has been big, but this Brewers team is one game away from the World Series, and this is as close to an important and a big offseason. If there was ever an offseason to talk Brewers baseball, it, it's this year, uh, and we're going to do that a little bit as well. Plus, I want to get his thoughts on the Packers playoff games, all sorts of that stuff as well. So Bart, Link, Bart Winkler uh, from the fan down in Milwaukee will join us here in a couple of minutes. A lot more to come on WKTY. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show with me, your host, Grant Bills. More to come coming up next. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, both at 580 AM and 96.7 FM. You can stream live at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app as well. We're talking Milwaukee. I'm like going over to the other side of the state. Last week, we've been really lucky to be able to talk Central Basketball and all the things going on with UWL Athletics, and, and they've kept us busy. But now, some Milwaukee teams grabbing the headlines. The Bucks are 34-12, and 12, and, and I guess their headline is not making any headlines. They just keep doing what they do. And then, of course, now Miller Park looks like it's getting a new name here in the next couple of, uh, of years. And I thought nobody better to talk about the Bucks and the Brewers and everything else going on in the state than Bart Winkler. Host of a uh, co-host of Chuck and Winkler on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee. Bart, uh, I guess. Well, <laughs> why don't we start this radio interview? This will be the most cliche Wisconsin thing ever. Bart, uh, how much snow do you guys got over there? You staying dry in all this snow? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's enough. I mean, it's not as bad as maybe I thought it would be yet, but I, I think that there's it's it's a long event. I was told by the weathermen, which means 
it's their cover for, oh, it didn't come when we thought it sure. would, so now it's coming in the morning. How about I, you guys? It's it just snow over there, there. It's been kind of falling all day, and you know what? I really hate myself for, for starting an interview like this. Let's talk about the news of, of today, which is Miller Park is getting a new name. Now, I don't think this news broke before your show wrapped up at 10, uh, before Bill Michaels goes on, but, but what was your reaction to this? And I'm sure you have taken the brunt of a lot of social media interaction about this as well, which obviously has not been positive. What is uh, what is your first reaction on this? Well, first I'll tell you, never do a morning radio show because all the news breaks at 10.05. That's true. As soon as you get off the air, that's when the news breaks. I mean, it is a very interesting thing because we're very attached to Miller Park as a name. And Miller Park, despite all these corporate names all over the country, we can make fun of how the Diamondbacks are – bank one and then chase and then the white Sox guaranteed rate and there's all these corporate names throughout the country miller park even though we know it's a beer it didn't seem like a corporate name it did it, it felt like it fit the whole yeah. tie with the team being the brewers uh, miller light has been a beer that has signified the city for a long time euchre has starred in the commercials so it seemed like a very natural fit so kudos to miller as a company for making themselves seem like not a company when they had the naming rights. American Family Insurance, I think, it just seems like it seems like some of the charm is gone, and that's the problem that some of these corporations face. I don't know what kind of rub they get off of this. I know Pfizer Forum, we thought that'd be hard to say, but that I don't think people are taking to that. Not a lot of people still know what Pfizer is. I still probably can't explain it to you either. They get a lot more attention, but I don't know... Like, are they seeing a profit? Are they seeing a benefit on the bottom line for that? I wonder if American Family Insurance will actually see that for naming a stadium. I I think that a lot of fans are upset, and I think that I I get it. I think we will get over it in time, but there's going to be people that call it Miller Park for a long, long time. I still, I'm going to reserve the right to complain until I'm used to it. I didn't like the name Pfizer Forum, and now, like you said, I've just kind of gotten used to it. This is, other than the Yasmani Grandal signing, this is really the only big piece of news the Brewers have supplied us with this offseason. I don't really know where you stand on this. Have you been kind of disappointed and, and left wanting more by the Brewers this offseason? Are you still waiting for that huge move to be made, or are you pretty content with how this offseason has gone? No, we've kind of been waiting for another move for a long time. When Kane and Yelich were both brought in on the same day, well, about a year ago now, um, it was a shock, but then immediately we started thinking, well, there's got to be another move. And there really wasn't. We thought maybe a pitcher would come in with one of these outfielders. Over the season, they made some minor moves, but there wasn't that big blockbuster move again. They've made some moves here with Keon and Domingo, uh, sending them out for pieces, but there hasn't been like a major move. The Grandall thing, I think, is a good signing, but a lot of fans, you know, you have a bad taste in your mouth because of how bad he was against the Brewers in the NLCS. It feels like they are missing something. The second base position, I mean, right now it's between Hernan Perez and, and Spangenberg. Uh, they could always use some pitching. The bullpen looks good, but there's a lot of questions about the starters. Jimmy Nelson, if he even comes back. Chase Anderson, Zach Davies are huge question marks. Even uh, Jolie Chassin, if he'll live up to what he did last year. So it does feel like it's not a completed puzzle which I think is going to concern some people. And then when you look at what the Cardinals did, getting Paul Goldschmidt, the Cubs are always going to contend too. The Vegas over-unders, I don't know if people are super into that. It's about 83 and a half, 84 and a half. 
that they think the Brewers are going to settle in about 83, 84 wins. I'm kind of nervous that the Brewers might be in for a fallback here. I think they are a very talented team. They've got the reigning MVP. They've got a lot of good pieces. I, I am kind of nervous that maybe they, they played up to their potential a year ago, and now you're going to be competing with the Cardinals, with the Cubs, and with this Reds team that's suddenly trying to compete. So I'm, I'm skeptical about them returning to the playoffs at this point. That's why when you have a shot like that last year, you, you, know, you never know how close oh, yeah. you're going to be again. But people have been downing the Brewers for the last couple of seasons, and they've you know outdone those expectations. So certainly never say never, but I would like to see some more moves. I just the second base position. There's not a lot of guys they can acquire yet. You know, pitchers they might bring Wade Miley back. Maybe I think that would be good, but we'll see. I don't know. I did expect there'd be more activity though, for sure. I'm trying to put myself in the mind of David Stearns. Bart Winkler from Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, in Milwaukee, joining the Wisco Sports Show. I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of David Stearns. I I don't think he is operating under the stock the farm system, wait until you think you're one player away, and then go for it. Push all your chips in the middle table. I, I think David Stearns is setting himself up for four or five years, and he's going to rotate these one- or two-year contracts in, trying to get players at the right time getting the most out of them where other teams haven't been able to, and just trying to get hot and trying to get lucky. I don't know if he's coming with the same approach. Is there a chance that David Stearns never really, quote-unquote, goes for it? I hear I hear Bill Michaels say that all the time. Is there a chance that he just never goes for it and just waits and patiently waits for, uh, waits for the Brewers to get hot and, I don't know, get lucky one year? Is that maybe what he's thinking? Well, I mean, if you can put yourself in the position of last year where, you know, you build a team that's good enough to, get to the NLCS, that would be the dream because eventually, you know, eventually you'll get past that hump. But I, I know what you're saying. I think that David Stearns, David Stearns is always going to look at these moves and think, does it benefit me short-term? Yes. Does it benefit me long-term? Yes. And if it, the, the answer is yes to both, he'll do it. If it's just one or the other, you know, he might not do it. And, and that's, that's the way that, he operates, and I think that's been a good way. Now, you could look at last year and think the Scope move was kind of a going-for-it move. When they brought in Jonathan Scope, it was a little out of the ordinary, and it didn't pan out. So he gave up a couple of prospects for that, and then you have the guy come over here, and it didn't work, and now you do have that hole at second. I mean, that's why they're in need for a second baseman. They sort of figured that he would be the guy this year, but it just didn't work out for him in Milwaukee. So I, 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 I'm not I'm – not, ready to answer that question definitively, but sure. I think that you may be you may be onto something there. Well, I it didn't work in two thousand eight, it didn't work in two thousand eleven. I, I just maybe he's trying something different. I guess that's all that I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. Uh it's been about a month since we've talked here on the Wisco Sports Show, Bart. I want to get your thoughts not only on the Matt LaFleur hire, but obviously there's been shuffling. They've they've ushered old McCarthy cronies out the door and they've brought in some new coaches. Just off season as a whole so far. All the changes that have occurred since week seventeen where do you stand on it right now? It's tough because obviously we haven't seen them in action, but but what do you think so far? I'm optimistic, but this is all going to depend on Aaron Rodgers. This will work if Aaron Rodgers allows it to work. He looked at the games this weekend, and yes, Patrick Mahomes is very good, and Tom Brady is the best of all time, and Jared Goff is very good, and Drew Brees is one of the best too. <laughs> but if you look at a lot of, of how those guys performed, a lot of it is the coaching. I mean, the coaching, those offenses, it's all about scheme. It's about getting guys open. It's about finding the open man. And 
With the Packers offense the last few years, it was about have your guy beat the other guy. It was less about scheme and disguises and, you know, finding rub routes or pick plays or, I mean, there was, those were in there, but for the most part, you're asking receivers to beat their guys. When in the case of the Chiefs, in the case of the Rams, in the case of these teams, you're seeing them really plan to get guys open. And Brady, quick releases, 2.1 seconds, I think, was the average he held onto the ball on Sunday. This is Tom Brady. I mean, this is one of the best ever. And he's getting the ball off very quickly because they've all bought into that certain type of offense. Rodgers, before he really decided to play a little more loose and make the big play and scramble more, I mean, he was like that. If you watch tape back in 2010, 2011, these are quick passes. Get them in, get them out, trusting his receivers. So that needs to come back. And I think that with a new coordinator, with a new QB coach, with a new coach, he should be more receptive to taking that kind of instruction. But it does all come down to him. I mean, they're hiring all these guys. Luke Getze is the QB coach. You know, these younger guys like Hackett and even the coach LaFleur. These are all hires made with Aaron Rodgers in mind. I mean, all the other 52 players matter and they count. But all these moves are made with, with Rodgers in mind. So if he's receptive, that will give them the best chance to win. And if, if he finds that, eh, I don't really trust these guys, these guys, I might actually be a little smarter than these guys, then it's not going to work. And sure. so that's a huge challenge for LaFleur Hackett and everybody else that they brought in. No, I think it, it all depends on Aaron Rodgers. And nobody knows with these offseason hires. I know that's kind of become the, the trendy thing to say is what, we got to let it play out. You know, we have to wait until we actually see them in action. And that's fair, but... Here we are. I mean, we're doing sports radio for a reason. This is the kind of thing that we get to talk about. So, Bart Winkler, I'll let you go here in a minute or two. One final question. We, we started with the Bucks today. We've been talking more and more about the Bucks just because they're so damn good. Uh, they're 34-12 and 12 right now. And to think that we're talking about 50 wins as an almost certainty before the All-Star break is just ridiculous. I, I Obviously, I check out your show and, and what you guys have to say about the Bucks. I'm really high on this team. But as we approach the trade deadline, I, there's one thing in the back of my mind, and, and some listeners chimed in on this as well. The Bucks don't have a second superstar. I love their depth. I love how different guys pitch in on a nightly basis, but when they go up against Boston or Toronto and one of these coaches and one of these contending teams figures out a way to quiet down Giannis for a game, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily rely on one person. What do you think the Bucks will do, if anything, leading up to this trade deadline? And, and I know you like this team, but, but what are your thoughts on this team right now as a whole? I'm not thinking that they do much anything. I think maybe they already made their move uh, when they acquired George Hill, who I thought was just really more of a salary cap thing than anything, but he's fit in quite nicely. And then obviously getting rid of some of those other contracts. The second superstar thing is true right now. You're not seeing, I mean, Middleton's playing well kind of quietly, but you're not, I don't think you're seeing the dynamic sort of play from him that you expect in that second superstar. Bledsoe for a while looked like it. Uh, Brooke Lopez is good. But to say he's the second superstar would be uh, a stretch. Brogdon is so reliable, but again, probably short of that superstar mold. So as long as those guys, maybe together they can equal that. If you try to take away Giannis, I just think at this point in a series, I'm having a hard time coming up with a team that's going to beat this team four games out of seven. Oh, yeah. At least in the East. I really am so high on this team. I really do think they can and likely will go to the finals if they keep playing like this. I don't think they change anything. Now, if you're the Bucks, you could look long-term 
because these guys are free agents next year. This starting five, unless something crazy happens, is not going to be the starting five next year. You've got Lopez, Middleton, Brogdon, and Bledsoe, all free agents. Brogdon restricted, but everybody else can go wherever they please. So maybe the Bucks look ahead and think, well, let's get something for him now so that we're good for years to come. Instead of, And kind of like a David Stearns, maybe, maybe the opposite of that. I just I, I don't think they wreck a good thing. I don't think they make really any big moves. You're not going to wake up and see Middleton traded. You're not going to wake up and see Bledsoe dealt. If you do, I'll be I'll, I'll be shocked. I just I think that they've got a nice core. Things are rolling in that locker room. They all like each other. They're ready for the playoffs. They know they haven't really won anything yet, but this is a team that I think can do some damage. So I, I don't expect them to do anything at the deadline. No, I think everything I hear and watch about this team, I love their attitude, their play, their consistency. I really love this team. I just don't know if they are going to be able to match up against some of these more star-studded teams. But we will see. They have the depth. Uh, they have the the experience and the youth and the defense all throughout their roster. I'm just excited to watch it all unfold. Bart Winkler, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Thanks, Bart. I always appreciate it. And the UWL grad as well. So it's good to hear you uh, yeah. here on wk 2 I appreciate it. Let's talk again soon. Yeah, lead with that next time. <laughs> I should lead with that next time. Thanks, Bart. Uh, have a good one as well. You can also follow Bart on Twitter at WinksThinks. He does take pride in his Twitter account, by the way. I believe he won a WBA for his Twitter account. And that's something to strive for. <laughs> not for your show, not for a commercial. I want to win a WFA for my Twitter account. Uh, so go ahead and follow him at Winks Thinks and see some of the work that he does as well. And I like to be able to cover just a little bit of everything between the Bucks, between the Brewers, between the Packers, and then the naming rights. There's a lot going on. And all three of these teams find themselves in a unique position that we really haven't seen throughout the last decade, 15 years. I mean, pick your number. We haven't seen this since the Mike McCarthy hire, and even then, there seemed like there was less turmoil with the Packers at the time. The Bucks, the last time they were this good, in my opinion, was 2001, and that team was different. They didn't have the Giannis. They, they were more of a team uh, trying to just take advantage of an Eastern Conference that was a little bit down at the time, obviously making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the Milwaukee Brewers. When was the last time that Milwaukee made that deep of a postseason push? And then you, once again, are able to turn around and feel confident the next year in 2008, and in 2011, the Brewers pushed the chips to the middle of the table and brought in those rental players and really went for it, quote-unquote. And you knew that down the line that the Brewers were going to be disadvantaged because of that. That's not really the case. Now, as Bart said, they still might regress, but I think that's going to be more to the improvement of Chicago and St. Louis. And now Cincinnati as well. Just I love that Cincinnati's now trying to win too, which is only going to make the Brewers' lives harder. So a unique offseason situation for all of these teams. Obviously, uh, the Bucks not in the offseason, but for the other two as well. And good to get some other perspective on this unique situation for all three teams. The Packers did add another member of their coaching staff. We'll talk about that, kind of wrap up some other odds and ends about today's show as well. Coming up next here on WKTY, you're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. More to come next. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good night, and I hope you're navigating the weather as well. The Central Eau Claire North game that was set to be called by our own Drew Kelly here on WKTY has been canceled tonight. Looking to reschedule for February. That's a big uh, a big non-conference game with some interesting implications as well. So that'll be rescheduled. Unfortunately, not played tonight. So if you were planning on sitting down and listening... I'm sorry, or maybe you were checking out, uh, thinking about going to actually check out the game. Uh, either way, sorry, I was going to go check it out as well, but uh, unfortunately that game is going to be rescheduled. So that is uh, across the docket. That's news as well. Some other news today was the Green Bay Packers are bringing back a new, uh, 
or a familiar face to be their new quarterbacks coach. That's Luke Getze, who was, of course, with the Packers under Mike McCarthy for some time uh, and worked with this offense. And he is a former McCarthy guy. And it's interesting because the whole trend that we've seen from LaFleur and the way that he's constructing his coaching staff has been getting rid of the former Mike McCarthy assistants and the coaches, even ones that are considered to be really good coaches like James Campen and Joe Witt Jr. I like all those coaches, but to me, it makes sense to be completely honest, to get rid of, if you are really wanting to do a, a, a clean cleanse and get all new voices, all new perspectives in the room, it makes sense to shake free of those guys because let's just say, right? Lafleur says one thing, or maybe Nathaniel Hackett says one thing, You don't want that to be met with, well, the way we used to do things. Or, well, it's always worked well when we've done it this way. You don't, you want to avoid things like that. So I understand why they are trending away from former Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy assistants of the past. But this doesn't really fit that trend, right? Bringing back somebody, and it's interesting. You know that expression that's often sarcastically used, but sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards, right? Like you have to take two, you know, one step back to go two steps forward, something like that. It's interesting given the the optics of the situation with Aaron Rodgers, because Luke Etsy is going to be his quarterback's coach. Now, when it came to the secondary or the offensive line, LaFleur and this Packers staff were, were completely content to say, we know you're a great coach. We want to move on. We want our own guys, right? We don't care what Blake Martinez has to say. We don't care what David Bakhtiari has to say. He'll fit in with a new coach. But then when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, and I guess understandably so, they say, well, we don't want to just bring in our own guy. We just don't want a fresh voice. We want somebody who actually can get along with Aaron Rodgers. We want somebody that Aaron Rodgers will appreciate and will listen to. And I think Luke Getze is actually that that voice. I think he's actually that guy. And I'm not saying that they're placating directly to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not also saying that that doesn't play into it. But, but I think Aaron Rodgers and Luke Getze at the time, and this has been reported, of course, all over the place, that they did have a good relationship. This was an interview that Getsy had with the Clarion Ledger last year where he said, I really enjoyed my time with him, obviously referring to Rodgers. I was truly lucky and truly blessed to have an open dialogue with him. We grew close, and it was truly a blessing to be where I was. He's a great teammate, a great friend, and he is a really good man. He truly is. I think he is reserved enough that people may think he kind of turns people off. But no, he's energetic, he's enthusiastic, he's charismatic, he's hilarious, he's got a lot going for him. So some strong language and some extensive language regarding Aaron Rodgers from Luke Getsy. I just think it's interesting. Whereas you are probably maybe hurting your relationship a little bit with guys in your secondary and guys in your offensive line for the sake of flushing out the old and bringing in the new, which some people could maybe interpret as ego, right? That not only is James Campton a great coach and he's worked here a long time, the offensive line loves him. The only reason you're getting rid of him, this is the perspective of an old lineman, is that you want to show that you can pick a better coach. You want to show that your way is the right way instead of listening and adapting to other ways that people have done things. But when it comes to the quarterback, that's not a concern because maybe in some sense they do want to placate to Aaron Rodgers. I think this is the comparison that I thought of earlier, and I have to laugh. Maybe Aaron Rodgers at this point to the Green Bay Packers and to LaFleur's coaching staff is he's like that elderly relative that no one really likes, but you have to see him on the holidays. Maybe he swears a lot or he chews with his mouth open at the table or or he makes racist jokes or something like that. And the rest of the family is just like, just let it go. He's only got a couple years left here. Just let him live out his life. Maybe maybe that's what they're... God, I, I hate to say this. Maybe that's what they're thinking with Aaron Rodgers. They know he's only going to be around for probably this next contract. And they don't want to peeve him off. They don't want an ugly exit. They're just going to let him play out his, his years in Green Bay. And they're going to do whatever they can to placate him. 
Now, obviously, that's kind of a, a pessimistic take. That's not really the optimistic way of looking at things. But I think it's interesting, right, to think how Lafleur had no problem cleaning out Mike McCarthy's deck of cards when it comes to position coaches and coordinators. Some rightfully so, some just for the sake of getting a new voice, bringing in your own guy, right? But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, it's a little different. We got we to gotta throw him a bone a little bit by bringing back his old guy. I'm not saying it's a bad hire. We're not going to know until we actually see it on the field, much like just about every other piece of this staff. As Bart said earlier, I really like what he had to say. This is going to work if and only if Aaron Rodgers allows it to work. And, and maybe this is what they're doing. They They want to... Put somebody familiar with Aaron Rodgers to maybe hold on to a little bit of what worked well under Mike McCarthy while ushering some of these new ideas in. You're making that transition a little bit more slowly with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's fair. I don't know if it's right. I'm just saying that's how I maybe see it. And I wouldn't be surprised if others see it that way as well. Just my two cents. Thanks for tuning in today. We got a good show. If you are out and about and you are still driving, just go slow. Just drive slow. That way, if you lose control, you start spinning on the snow, you just... Kiss somebody else's bumper and that's it. We do have a winter weather advisory in effect and it looks like we're going to get a little bit more snow. So drive slow, please. Uh, Same time, same place. Tomorrow, you don't want to wreck your car and have it be in the shop so you can't listen to me on the drive home from work. So same time, same place. Tomorrow, we're going to continue covering all of these topics from five to six here on WKTY. I'll talk to you then.